Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of Acts chapter 17. Here's Pastor Ryan. We have to understand that as we come to the Lord, the family of God is so diverse. What happens if God saves some some very wealthy people how, how are you going to feel about that some people you know they think anybody with money is just snobbish right and then there's others who look down at, uh, at at other people who may have a job that they don't deem to be you know high class you have both ends of the social spectrum kind of judging and looking down at one another and so in christ we must learn everyone can come and many from within the social structure of society are going to come. So we have to learn to love all people, no matter what. Love God, love his people. Don't judge, don't hate on, on those who, you know, may have a, a lesser job in society's eyes, verse, and don't, you know, just uh, treat someone who comes from, from wealth better than you would your brother who comes from less. We're supposed to love everybody equally. And I love to say that here because we live in a world that every, anyone with money is evil in the world, right? They pay every movie, every like, you know, TV show, they paint anyone with wealth as being greedy and evil. And that's not the case biblically at all. So we need to be open because Jesus, he did die amongst two criminals, right? But he also, with the rich at his death, the Bible says, it was a wealthy couple of wealthy guys that honored his body, took care of his, his body, wrapped it and took care of the burial and paid for the tomb. So again, the gospel's for everyone and that's what's happening here. Lord knows I had to learn that lesson because I was the one that used to look down on anybody who was from Pretty World, which was Orange County. That's what I considered Pretty World coming from El Monte. So I used to look down on people who came from Orange County or People who had like good family come from good families, or you know, all of that. I had a big gripe against people from that part of society, and the Lord had to break me down. Like, who made you so snobby, Ryan, or so good that you're gonna look down upon them? And then at Calvary Costa Mesa, the people there they loved on me, they cared for me, they showed me the love of Christ, and so that's how I learned to be less judgmental and. You know, because the Lord knew what he was doing, that eventually he would call me to this, where that's the heart of Jesus Christ. We have to look at everybody with love, no matter what, where they're at, whether high or low. But the Jews, in verse 5, who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, 
set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And so we don't know who Jason is, but Jason here, the uh, commentators believe, could have been housing Paul and Silas. This could have been the place they were, they were staying at. And so we see here that the Jews who were not persuaded, the religious Jews there of the synagogue who were not persuaded, were upset and envious at Paul and Silas. Why were they upset? What's the big deal? What's the big deal if people believe in Jesus Christ? Why would they be so upset? It says here that they were envious. And I believe that with, with the case with the religious Jews in the, in the Bible, the majority were, were envious and, and upset that they were going to lose the influence over their congregants in the synagogue. That's the issue. They're going to lose their influence on the people in the synagogue. If they believe on Jesus Christ, they're going to lose their influence. They're going to lose their power. They're going to lose perhaps financial stability. Whatever it is, they're not happy that they are believing in Jesus Christ because they're afraid they're going to be losing that power, that influence. And we see that throughout the Bible, throughout Scripture, through, during Jesus' time. But what about, what about now? Doesn't that still happen amongst Christians who come to know Jesus Christ, who want to go deeper with Jesus Christ, that there's pushback, that there's persecution, perhaps from family and friends? Where does that come from? Doesn't that come from, from a sense of, of losing control, losing influence. When we come to Jesus Christ and we fall in love with them, and all of a sudden, like, we know that God loves us. We know that God speaks to us. We know that he has forgiven us. He died for us on the cross. We know that he rose on the third day, and, and as he lives that new life, resurrected life, we now live a new resurrected life. We know these things, and it blesses our heart. And God forbid we find a church that teaches through the word of God. A lot of family and friends don't like that. A lot of people that have had religious influence on our lives, they don't like that. Why? Same reason. They're losing some form of control over your life and mine. And the Lord teaches us, see how much control they had over you? See how much they think they own you? Your mom owns you, your dad owns you, your grandma owns you, your grandpa, your siblings, they think they own you. And they say some of the meanest things sometimes, don't they? Like you've joined a cult or something. Like it's the craziest thing to go to a place where they actually teach verse by verse, they teach the Bible. They think that you've lost your mind. Like they don't see Christianity as, as being what it is. They're so deceived. And so we have to keep that in mind that the persecution is, is really real and to understand it because there's new believers at our church and, and I know I've been there myself where family and friends, you know, will go far from you. They'll, they'll not be happy and they want to do away with them. Here in John 3.19, the Lord says, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. 
Jesus told his disciples in John 15, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. And so the mob is coming after Paul and Silas. They're they're attacking uh, Jason, pulling him out of his house. Because again, Jesus is too much. He's threatening, you know, their lives. And that's what really the gospel does. This is why people reject Jesus Christ. Because he calls the world out on its sin. He calls the world out that it needs to repent and give their life to him. That in this world, if you live for yourself, the only end note to that is hell and so the world is is very much against jesus christ and it's going to come after us for our faith in them so we need to understand this we need to remember that part of being a christian is dealing with some of that persecution be aware of it be be in tune to what's going on don't be shocked when you know you get pushback from friends and loved ones and co-workers don't don't be shocked about it i think we need to be fully aware of the times that we're living in and they sought to bring them out to the people but when they did not find them they dragged jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying these who have turned the world upside down have come here too and jason has harbored them And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And so this is one of the beautiful statements in scripture that really the enemies of Jesus Christ have said. They pulled Jason and the brethren out of his house and they said, these are the ones who have turned the world upside down. In their perspective, their world has been turned upside down. Their synagogues were filled with people who heard them, but are hearing them no more. Their synagogues had people who would go to them for information, for spiritual guidance, but they're not there anymore. They want to hear more about Jesus of Nazareth. They want to hear from from Paul and Silas. They want to hear the real thing. And that is why they think the world is upside down. If we don't have influence, if we don't have the support still coming in, then the world in our eyes is upside down. That's what what they're saying. But Paul and Silas have not turned the world upside down. They've turned it right side up with their message. This world is already upside down. Since Adam and Eve, since they've sinned in the garden, this world has been upside down. It's been in disarray. And for the new believers, I would say, know this. Know the reason why the world is in such a mess. It's because it's in a fallen state. Through Adam and Eve, sin and death entered the world. This is why the world is so lost. This is why we are born in our sins. And so we need to know this. It's it's shocking to me how so many forgot, really, the psychology of the outside world. We should know who they are before we just accept everything that they tell us today. That's a lost world. They're unregenerated. 
Why put so much clout in what they say when the Bible clearly says that this is a fallen world, that the world's upside down? And too many Christians are listening to upside down people. This is the right side of information. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Paul would say, Just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Through one man, Adam, the world went into disarray. Romans 5.18, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. And so, through one man, sin and death entered the world, and the world was in disarray. But through Jesus Christ, he turns it around. First, through people's hearts, by saving them. And later, he's going to make a new heaven and new earth. And it will not be in a fallen state. Amen? But right now, it is in a fallen state. And Jesus Christ is trying to save people. Save the people first, and then later, he'll save the planet by making it a new one. But we can't forget the psyche of the people out there who don't know the Lord. They don't know the Lord. When Paul, when Paul the Apostle was called by the Lord... When he was on his Damascus experience writing uh, to go persecute Christians and he met Jesus Christ on the road, in Acts 26, he re reflects on that time and you know, he, he gives more information of what the Lord told him when he was blinded by the light and he said, Lord, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. You know the story. But in Acts 26, 18, he gives more insight to that conversion that the Lord Jesus Christ told him this about his calling. I'm sending you to open the eyes, their eyes, in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. He basically is telling them, the world that I'm sending you out to, you are going to, I'm going to use you to open their eyes. I'm going to use you to turn them from darkness to light. That is the gospel message. That is turning the world right side up. We have to remember that the world outside is upside down. And God wants to use us. He wants to use you. As you walk with the Lord to be able to tell people the truth. Man, this world's messed up. You're right. But it's not messed up because of what, how you may think it's why, the reason is why it's messed up. It's messed up because of sin. Oh, you know, that just, yeah, it's messed up because of sin and only Jesus Christ can help this world. All of us have to repent and come. That's, you know, they're trying to figure out, oh, climate change. Oh, let's, you know, give peace a chance. Trying to figure out how to make this world a better place. There is no way. It's only Jesus Christ. Colossians, Paul would, would write in, in chapter 1, verse 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us to the kingdom of the light of his son. I mean, the Bible is clear. He took us from one world to another world, from a world of darkness to a world of light. That's what Jesus does. There is no like, oh, it's, it's a clear difference. We were upside down, he turns us right side up. We're still called to make disciples of all nations. Where all of us are called to share our faith with people so that their lives can be righted. God's waiting on us to, to be ready 
to be willing and to go and to share. It is the time to share the truth that Paul and Silas were preaching in the early church. We need to tell people about our King Jesus Christ. We need to. It's the only hope for this world. And what's interesting is they said that they, these have turned the world upside down and have, and have come here too. These men are acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. How about that? Saying there is another King Jesus. So what are they saying to the rulers of the city? These men are acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. They're saying that there is another king. You know, we can't preach the gospel without sharing the fact that Jesus Christ is king. That Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Because Christianity is about placing ourselves in subjection to the king of kings. That we who were kings of our own life are repenting of that and now going to subject ourselves to our precious Lord who died on the cross. He is the king of kings. He is the king of Israel. He is the true king. He is our God. The son of God is our God. And for the crowds to yell, you know, they're speaking against the decrees of Caesar. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that the word of God meets us where we're at today. We have a governor of California who has decrees that the church ought not to meet. That's the reality of what we're living. And the people in our story are basically crying out. They're not, they're not adhering to Caesar's decrees. They're saying there is another king. And I'm blown away. This is it. I mean, they're, they're upset, you know. Get these guys out of here. Fine them. Arrest them. We have a pastor in Canada who was arrested for holding services. You hear the threats. You hear what's going on. And I wonder, is Jesus still the king of our lives as the church? It has to be asked. Who's, who's king of kings? Is it the Lord or is it our governor? I mean, that needs to be asked. I mean, every day, whether we're in this circumstance or not, is Jesus king? Is the governor king of the church or is Jesus king of the church? Is Caesar God or is God above Caesar? Peter and the apostles said in Acts 9, when they were told to, they were strictly commanded not to teach in the name of Jesus. And the religious rulers said, and look, you have filled Jerusalem, all Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered, we ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God rather than man. And I mention this because it hasn't gone away. I'm not saying don't take precautions. No one at our church is saying don't take precautions. If you feel led to take precautions, please do. We love you. We don't. That's not the issue at all. The issue is no government can tell us to keep our doors shut. They just cannot. And many believers are taking the advice of, of the CDC and doctors as gospel. As gospel. But doesn't the Bible teach us that the natural man does not discern the spiritual things of God? Now, I know that there are well-meaning doctors and well-meaning people, but I wonder how many of them are spiritually discerned. 
how important is it to them that, that they go to church? How can a non-believer even begin to fathom the depth, the height, and the width of the importance of us coming together? They cannot, biblically, the Bible teaches us they don't understand. It's like someone going to the doctor with a messed up knee saying, look, I got a tennis match in a month, doctor. Can you help me? It's a tennis match. And, the, and, the, and the, the patient has to tell the doctor how important it is. Well, it's the same with church. They don't know the importance unless they're born again, strong believers. And usually the ones that are saying like, you know, they're, they're not buying it all. And it's not going away, guys. And, you, you know, I don't want to like talk about it every weekend, but it hasn't gone away. And wherever I go, you know, I, I run into people, there's conversations, there's people who bring it up to me, people who know I'm, I'm a minister. And just the other day at a, at, at a park, you know, there's some families around and a, a lady that we know, you know, she's like, you know, we want to go back to, I want to go back to church so bad. But my husband's just not ready. He doesn't feel, you know, that he's ready. Like, what am I to say to that? And I'm a pastor. What am I to say to that? You know, the Bible says to honor your spouses, right? But with reason. I get it the first month, two months. But if it's been this long, I think I would tell her she needs to come to church. And her husband can come when he feels ready to come. Because it's, it's better to honor God than even our spouses. It's better to honor God than our children. But you have to know this book to stand on that. There's just, there's no way Christians will buy it if they're not in this book. I get this from the book. I get this from the book. But again, it depends how much those Christians are getting the word of God. If they hardly get any of the word of God, then of course what the media tells them is so big. And the more we hear from our Lord, say, you're in the world, but not of the world. You're in it, not of it. They need you, not the other way around. It depends on how much word they're getting. Yeah, but they're Christians. No, 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 no. Everyone says they're a Christian, all right? Stop with that. Are they straight up in the word? Are they soldiers for the Lord? Yes, sir. Then give them more weight. Don't just... In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The Bible doesn't say, look, they're, spiritually, they're not spiritually discerned. They don't, they don't know what's going on spiritually unless they're a judge. If they're a judge, then of course they know everything. Listen to them. The, you know, they're, they're spiritually undiscerned. They don't know the things of the spirit unless they're a doctor. If they're a doctor, just take whatever they are gospel. The CDC, yes, yes. Usually, the natural man doesn't know the spiritual things, but because they work for the CDC, you listen to them. Because they're a politician or a president, usually they're spiritually, you know, a natural man doesn't know spiritual things, but because of that position of authority. The thing about Jesus is he comes to be king of our lives. All of a sudden, you know, we are discerning whether what our teachers are teaching us is legit. 
whether what the doctors are telling us is legit, whether the politicians, we, we live that way now because we have a king who's the king of a kingdom and it's a spiritual kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. And he's Lord of Lords and he's King of Kings. That means he's above the Lords of this world and he's above the Kings of this world. But I'm so shocked at how many people are just like, yeah, it's cool. Like I get it one month. I get it too. We're going on. We're going to pass it up pretty soon. I did Easter from my backyard. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like I, I love people. I'm talking about pastors and churches that are still closed let alone the congregants, where are the pastors at? I ain't condemning nobody. I'm just saying that the decrees of Caesar are beneath the decrees of our Lord. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let him go. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951-572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.